Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome to the Fifth Down. I am your host, Jose. With me tonight are here our Brad and Junie. What's up, guys? What's going on? How much? Um, you know, first week of March. Um, just hanging on. Went for football season. Yep. We got what, like, two hundred more days left until something uh... like that. You know, but I mean, interesting times. I mean, we got the NBA to tie this over. Yeah. Uh, there's some sporting events going on that I'm sure we're going to touch base with. Yep. That's time oh, yeah. of the year for the NBA season, the second half season. So, or the second half of yeah, the season is they, they need to take advantage because they're not going up against football, and you know they they're not going up against baseball either because you know the, they still got a, <laughs> their panties up in a bunch and uh, they're still in a lockout. So we'll talk about that a little bit later. But let's start out <laughs> with another team that has their panties up in a bunch: the Lakers. Um, yeah, yeah, just straight you know, to it, huh? It it, it 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 was funny for a while. You know, we were kind of laughing about it. We're like, oh, you know, we kind of suck this year and stuff. But, you know, now it's just getting plain out embarrassing, man. Like getting blown out by New Orleans, like blowing fourth quarter lead after fourth quarter lead. Like, I mean, we have like the 11th place team creeping up on the Lakers. That's the point to where they're getting. They're getting to the point where they might not even make it into the play-in tournament. I mean, you know, like. It's it's unprecedented. You have Russell Westbrook, LeBron James, and Anthony Davis, like, and you might not even make the play-in tournament. Like, please, guys, help me make this make sense because it just it's it's ridiculous. I mean, it doesn't make sense, and it shouldn't make sense. I mean, LeBron on his own got his team to the you know finals ten years in a row. Um, he was on that caliber. AD was considered, you know, one of the next great big men in this league. And Russell Westbrook was breaking, you know, records set by Oscar Robertson. And for this team to be that bad, I don't think anyone envisioned it. You know, for me, I thought I thought that as as loaded as the West was, and and the sharp decline that we've seen in LeBron. I was still thinking they should be able they should still be a five or six seed. Not this bad. They shouldn't be this bad at all. Yeah, it's it it's a bad thing to to see, especially when they set the tone in the bubble winning that championship. And then them adding Westbrook in the offseason, we thought it was gonna be you know a, a, a super team. You know, you you have Mr. Triple Double with you know, arguably one of one of the greatest players in the world and then AD and, you know, to now this where, you know, they're not even going to make the playoffs. You know, I'm, I'm going to quote LeBron James on 8-4-21. Keep talking about my squad, our personal ages, the way we play. We are, we're past our time in this league, et cetera. Don't do me one favor, please. And I mean, please keep the same narrative energy when it begins. That's all I ask. Yeah, I mean, they don't have that much runway left. I mean, the playoffs are just around the corner. So I don't know. I don't know if they plan on going undefeated the whole way through, but I haven't seen any signs of life at, you know, um, I'm sorry. It's just hard to envision, especially with how good the rest of the West is and how good the East is this year. Yeah. And there's talks that, you know, Jeannie Buss had a blowout with uh, LeBron, you know, I think she finally probably had enough of him and his buddies, you know, the clutch sports people like Rich Paul and them. And she probably had to remind them, like, this is not your team. 
This is my team. I am the owner. You are just a player and he is just your agent. You, he is not the general manager, like, you know, and, and I think someone needs to remind LeBron that the Lakers were the Lakers before he got there. Like he decided to come to the story franchise that is the Lakers. And he is also the one not giving it the respect that they deserve now because he is acting like he he blessed them with his presence and he brought them a championship. It's like we had 16 of those motherfuckers before he even stepped foot on the on the Staples Center. So like for him to act like he made the Lakers great, it's like, no, man, you chose to come to a great franchise and you got lucky enough to win a uh, championship here. But don't act like the Lakers won't be the Lakers even if you leave. Like, they'll still be the Lakers. They'll still run Hollywood. And, you know, it might take a few years, but they'll they'll be back because they are the Lakers. So I'm just, you know, quite honestly at the point where I'm ready for this to get blown up and um, ready for the Lakers to start over. Yeah, I, as a Laker fan, I, I'm, I'm very disappointed in LeBron, especially – with him talking about the future and how he wants to play with the son and, 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 you know, whatever team he, his son goes to, I'm going to go to. And it's like, dude, like you're still in the middle of the season. You're, you're outside of the playoffs right now. Focus on the, what's in front of you. Stop focusing on the future. And let's be honest, guys, if LeBron wasn't chasing the scoring record, I don't think he would be playing this hard right now. The dude's already checked out. The, the only reason why he's, he's showing up is because he wants that Kareem record. He wants people to talk about him, how he's the greatest scorer, how, you know, he has all the stats. And the, you, you, the thing that pisses me off about him is that, you know, he wants to compare himself to MJ and Kobe, but yet he doesn't have that same mentality where, you know what, I hate losing. You know, this is, this is something I'm not used to. Like, you know, we see him smiling still after the game and, you know, I get it. Life's not all about basketball, but at the same time, this is your job and you have to take it seriously. And if you want to be considered the best player in the world, you have to be obsessed with winning championships. And that's what the Lakers do. We win championships and you're not, he's not a Laker, you know, he's not a true Laker. He thought, okay, Hey, I'm going to win one championship and now everything's cool. Now I get a pass. Now I get to be no. in the Laker hall of fame. Like, no, like, dude, like, you, you you will not you will not go down in Laker history as one of the greatest Lakers. You are a fraud. Number, I'm his number is not even going to be retired for what four years that he graces with his presence. Because I have no doubt that he's going to get traded this offseason. I think the Lakers are going to be the first team to ever not let him finish out a contract, and they're going to trade him. Yeah, I mean, you need to do what's best for that organization. And listen. You know, three years ago, that would have been unimaginable, but LeBron just isn't that type of dude anymore. He's not going to get you there. And he, I agree, he definitely seems to have checked out. And, you know, for all of the competitors there, it doesn't matter if you were their friend. When it was game time, they didn't really care. You were their enemy. We could laugh and shake hands after the 48 minutes are over. But LeBron's just having a good time even during the game. Yeah. You know who I feel bad for? I feel bad for Carmelo because he came there because LeBron promised him they were going to be chasing the championship and LeBron is falling short on his friend. You know, like you see Carmelo like busting his ass every game, playing his heart out. 
And, you know, you see the same thing from Malik Monk and you see the same thing from Stanley Johnson. Like those three are probably like the the lone guys that like give it their all every game. And all these other guys, you know, they're just they just seem to be like looking over to LeBron and see like, oh, is he trying? Okay, I'll try tonight. And it's like, that's not how it works, man. It's like, like, yeah, players have become too too dependent on him and and Westbrook just seems like you know it got in his head like the fans got in his head and so now he just wants to be at a war with the fans you know and it's just you know they got to get rid of him too like he's you know he's not helping yeah I mean I think if there aren't very many franchises that you can get away with this at the Lakers aren't one of those franchises that will let you get away with it. Yeah, you can get away with it in Cleveland, in a Miami, even in, I don't even think they'd let you get away with this in a, in a team that hasn't won anything in New York with the Knicks, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, you aren't going to get away with this in Los Angeles with this level of mediocrity. No, you're, I mean, I, I hate to say it, but Skip Bayless is right. I mean, whatever. I mean, I'm sure his rhetoric has not changed. You know, he's probably saying the same things he's always been saying about LeBron, except another true. Yeah. Like LeBron has actually proven Skip Bayless right for the first time. No, like, I, I think rock bottom is, is, is them, you know, talking shit to the crowd and, you know, yeah. letting them get under their skins. I'm like, you guys are professionals. Like this happens every night. And now that you're getting your asses kicked and, you know, the fans won't take it, you guys want to talk back now? And, and, and yeah, like those those fans paid thousands of dollars to sit courtside, you know? And yeah, some of those people are probably, you know, celebrities or like hedge fund guys, like rich, wealthy people. But like some of them probably just went out, you know, they put it on a credit card and went like, you know what? Fuck it. It's a once in a lifetime experience. Let's pay $2,000 to go watch the Lakers courtside. Yeah, and, it, and, and and to and, watch them not playing hard. Yeah, and the thing is, this is happening in your own home arena. It's not like this is a visiting arena where a group of opposing fans are doing it to you. It's your own fans in your own house. That should be an immediate red flag. Yeah. So from one disappointment to another, you know, now let's talk about Zion Williamson. Um, you know, he seems to be making no gains in terms of like getting close to getting back on the court. The only thing he's gaining these days is weight. Like, I mean, like, what is wrong with this guy? Like, like, you know, like he, he, I get that he doesn't want to be there, but it's like, dude, you have a contract, man. And you're on a rookie contract. Like I get, if you've been in the league for 10 years and you're just tired of losing in the same place and you're just, you've had it, but like, come on, dude, you've been in the league like two years. And you haven't even played like more than 30 games in any season. So it's like, why are you acting like, like, like they owe you something? It's like, it's like, dude, play out your rookie contract and then go choose where you want to play. But now, you know, he's, he's had this injury and instead of doing what he needs to do, he's keeps putting on weight, putting more stress on that foot and it's not getting better. Like Brad, if you were the general manager of the Knicks or any, any other franchise, would you want to give up multiple first-round picks for a guy that hasn't even played 40 games in a season? Absolutely not. And and it, we all grew up watching Scooby-Doo. And at the end of every episode, 
they unmasked the the monster and they realized it was the janitor or the sheriff or the judge, right? I think at the end of the season, we're going to take off the Zion Williamson mask and we're going to see Jamarcus Russell. That's This is exactly who this guy reminds me of right now. Um, he doesn't... He, he, being fit is not... It, it's just not for him. He doesn't want to be in game shape. He doesn't care about being ready. Um, yeah. I mean, then the thing, the crazy thing is we saw a glimpse of what he was capable of. This dude has is has elite talent, and it's we're seeing it, you know, put to waste, and no one's gonna spend that kind of money. I I personally would trade for him. The kid is only 21 years old. I get it. You know, he this is the new you know, this is the new age. This is, this is how kids act these days. You know, they want their way, you know, they're gonna, they're gonna pout. I get it. You know, the dude is talented, you know, like I wouldn't compare him to Jamarcus Russell in the sense of talent in terms of work ethic, 100%. But in terms of the the talent, the talent is there. Um, 27 points uh, per game last year. Um, And he played 61 games. The problem is the health. Um, If you, if you get this guy on the right team, with the right coach, I think, I think you can really make something happen, but at the current moment, he is not invested in the team. They just traded for CJ McCollum. And like what JJ Reddick said, you, you, you just traded for an all-star and you didn't even, you didn't even uh, welcome him. Walker, like, yeah. yeah. Like what is going on? Like, and it's because he's not invested. He's a kid. Like, and let's face it right now he's eating. He's, he's, he's not taking his job seriously, which he should, but at the same time, I mean, there comes a time when it, it might be too late for Zion where it, it comes to the point where he's too out of shape and, you know, and there's no um, there's no motivation anymore. So hopefully the kid gets it together. Um, I if I were the Lakers, I would I would look at a guy like Zion. I don't know if they can make that trade, but I could imagine Zion would want to play in, L- in L.A. I mean, anyone wants to play in L.A. So, I mean, but we'll see what happens. Yeah, I agree. I think the talent's still there. It's definitely worth, um, you know, a speculative investment in in terms of how many first round picks I'd be willing to give up. Uh, uh, You know, that's sort of where I draw the line. Um, You know, one or two, depending on position, is the most I'd be willing to give up. I don't envision him being, you know, the three or four uh, first round pick type of player, but he's definitely the potential is there and I would take the risk. So they told the Timberwolves, you can have them for, for Russell. Would you give up Russell for him? D'Angelo? Yeah. Yeah. For Zion? 100%. I would. Would you give up Zach Levine for him? No. Fuck no. DeMar DeRozan? No. No. With those teams, they're in a win now phase. Mm-hmm. So you don't, you can't really afford to give that up for Zion Williamson. And for Minnesota, it makes sense. I mean, you know, they're not necessarily looking to win now. It's cold. So we can't walk to McDonald's. You know, there's not a lot of fast food out there. Um, that's almost a perfect fit for him, right? He yeah. has to stay inside. I think he would need to go somewhere with a tough coach. Yeah. Even I like mean, a San Antonio. Yeah. Uh, Popovich would not let that dude be eating cheeseburgers. No, I mean, like, there's definitely, he would, 
Miami, right? You get you get him to to an old school coach like Pat with Spolstra and and with Riley and in, in the system that they run. Yeah, it's it's gonna be no nonsense type of deal. And there are, there are coaching staffs around that will definitely put them through the ringer. We'll have to wait and see what happens, you know. Yeah, I mean, I hope he gets it together because the dude was when he was on, he was amazing to watch. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the talent is there. It's just, you know, it's three years and he's still acting the same way. So, like, that's the part that's a little more concerning, you know, with him. While his uh, his um, one one a John Morant is taking over the league right now. I mean, yeah, he's John Morant. Like, you know, he is looking like he might one day be the best player in the NBA. I think so. The dude I mean, is there, incredible. Like, there is can we no call him, can we call him, of a future? Can we call him Allen there. Iverson with a better jump shot? Yeah. I mean, John Moran is Allen Iverson mixed with Tracy McGrady. That that's what he is. He's that he's that the, combo. So we'll call him Allen Iverson with a mix of Tracy McGrady with the work ethic of Kobe Bryant. That that's it right there. Because that 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 guy's a stud, and he doesn't care where he plays. He's playing in Memphis right now. Who wants to play in Memphis? Like exactly. Zion, they have good barbecue out there. So. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, oh oh man, the barbecue in Memphis is legit. So like, I'm just saying, you he, you know he'd be all about that three piece. Yeah, I'm just saying. Um, oh yeah, but I mean, he's one of those guys that I think we're going to be talking John Morant, you know, in the next 10, 15 years when there's another NBA list of the greatest players of all time, he's going to be on that list. I think so, too. Stud. Oh, absolutely. And now, well, now that we're talking, that we're bringing up lists, let's talk about the NBA Top 75 list. What do you guys think about them getting honored at the halftime show? I thought it was awesome. I mean, if there's one thing the NBA does better than any other league, it's showcasing their talent over the weekend. Uh, yeah, the slam dunk contest was a bore. Wasn't that great? Three point contest was what slam dunk contest? Don't you have to actually make the dunk for it to be a contest? No, but you know what? Just watching all seventy five, you know them read the names and just seeing seeing all the collection of talent in one place, I think was awesome. Yeah, I I agree with you, Brad. It it was the highlight of the weekend for me at the All Star game. Um, I was telling you guys earlier that I haven't seen anything like that from the NBA in a long time where, you know, you have all these um, amazing, talented players in one room, um, especially when Mike came out, because they were saying that Mike wasn't there. They're saying he was at Daytona, which he was, but he made <laughs> his appearance. And, you know, just 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 to see how alpha Mike is like in a room full of alphas. That was amazing to me, like. You know, oh, he's the still respect. the most alpha. Oh, 100. Him and Kobe are the most alpha um, that the league's ever seen, and 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 just the fact that he was a you know Rodman was there, uh, Garnett, Allen, uh, everybody, Kareem, Magic. Magic. It was amazing. Like it, it was it was such a good uh, thing that the NBA did, and you know, unfortunately, there were there's players that are left off the list um, that 
um, that I believe that they should be on the list. But once again, it's 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 hard because there's so many good players in the league. Yeah, like you know, Kyrie is definitely one of those. But I think you know, I think that people are judging him too much by the attitude issues. Like it's like, come on, man, talent wise, like like he's got to be on that list, you know. And I think Dwight Howard should have been on that list too. Um, I mean, we can't think of Dwight as the guy that jumped around teams the last six or seven years. We got to remember the guy in Orlando that took the magic to the NBA finals, you know, and like gave the Lakers a fight, you know, like it was a fight for five games. Like the Lakers didn't blow them out in any of the games. It was a fight. Like, and that was a team solely led by, um, that, that was a Dwight Howard led team. I mean, they had freaking Hito Turkoli for God's sake. Like, I mean, like, you know, it was not like a team full of studs. Like, so yeah, you know, Tracy McGrady was left off the list, you know, Tony, so Tony, Tony Parker. I mean, there's, yeah. a, there's a lot Mano of guys Ginobili. Mano Ginobili. Yeah. I mean, it is a tough list to crack. It's, it's just a tough list to compile. Um, but you know, one of the, with social media and how many cameras were there, it was just great, you know, getting to see these people that don't have a big social media, uh, you know, they're just not on there. And just seeing them interacting with the current generation of stars, you know, uh, I saw Michael interact with, uh, with Luca, right? Like just watching the, the current generation and even the next generation of guys, um, interacting with, with guys from, you know, five, 10, 20 years ago. I think it was awesome. You know, something I found odd though, LeBron mentioned that he hadn't spoken to Mike MJ in 20 years. Like so why? weird. So weird. You why that disconnect when, when he's the one that you always compare yourself to and he's been around, I mean, he's been the owner of the Charlotte franchise for at least 10 years. And before that he was like a, partial like a minority owner and before that you know he was involved with like he was he was around i mean like it's like it's weird it's like how have you not like wanted to like be in contact with mj it's like you know kobe like that's what he did like mj said that he shared his secrets with kobe because kobe shared his passion and his you know love for the game and i I don't know that just that that kind of came off weird to me like, do you guys think that LeBron kind of considers himself like not better than MJ, but like maybe he feels like like I don't need to have that relationship with him? He's gonna always be chasing his shadow, and it doesn't strike me as weird. Um, just because it's the NBA, you're busy, you know. Great players don't have to be friends, you know, on or off the court. Just it's just what it is. Um, you know, you don't have to foster a relationship with other great players at all um but you but you see how kobe or how how lebron always sought out kobe like every interview he always like he was always talking about like oh you know like i love kobe's work ethic and stuff and i I, you know i always love hanging out with him seeing him and the family like even when kobe came out after retirement and watched him like when he joined the lakers he seemed like a little kid seeing his superhero like like why does he see Kobe that way, but not but not MJ? Personally, I don't think there was ever that that bridge. Um, I think in a lot of ways, Phil Jackson was the bridge from Michael to Kobe. You know, he coached both of them, both in the triangle. There was a lot of similarities, similar style, 
similar build. And I mean, they got to know each other before, you know, Kobe was even a thing. You know, we all hear the story of Phil Jackson inviting Michael over to meet the young Kobe Bryant and them already, you know, talking smack to one another. Um, it's just one of those things where I don't think that ever came up. I don't think there was that bridge for LeBron or Michael. Yeah, it, I, I find it really weird, um, especially him being the owner of the, the Bobcats, or I'm sorry, the Hornets, um, and LeBron playing the Hornets almost every year. And the fact that you don't talk to the man or, or even show respect to the man that, you know, you, you, you wear 23 because of Mike, you know, you, you say this is the man who you pattern your game after. And the fact that you don't talk to him, I think it's an ego thing, honestly, you know, the, the comparison of, Oh, who's better, you know, who's the goat. And I think LeBron just has a big head sometimes where it's, it's, you know what I'm, I'm better. I'm not gonna, you know, I'm not saying he, he didn't want to talk to Mike, but it, it, I think to me, it, it sounds like an ego thing. Definitely. I can see that. Yeah. And now moving on, you know, we're in the second half, the stretch run of the season. Um, what do you guys expect? Like, do you guys have like a team that um, we should be in the lookout for? I personally feel like the 76ers are going to take it. Um, I think that they're, they're looking good right now. They got James Harden. James Harden is hungry. Well, yeah, we, we know he, we know he's always hungry, um, you know, and beat is hungry. Like that's a team ready to win now. And you got a dog in there now. Like the problem is that, you know, Embiid was playing with a freaking puppy before, you know, like Ben Simmons was a puppy, you know, an untrained puppy that, that was not, not listening to his master, like in terms of like how to become, um, you know, a dog. And now he has James Harden. I, I just, I don't, I like Milwaukee, but I, I don't think they have enough to keep up with Embiid and, and Harden on a nightly basis. And, Brooklyn, it's just, you know, how how healthy will Durant be? Like, will Kyrie be able to play at home? Like, there's just too many question marks. Like, is Ben Simmons mentally ready to get back in the court? So I just, I look at Philadelphia, man, and I see it. I'm like, guys, it's your year, you know? The Lakers suck. You know, um, Chris Paul is hurt now. Um, the Warriors are good, but they're kind of like they've been kind of up and down these last few weeks. So they're not they're not unbeatable. So, yeah, I see. I see Philadelphia. Um, who do you guys see as that that potential um, second half like dark horse? I'm putting I'm putting all my chips in on Golden State. Um, I, I feel like it's their year uh, to win again. Uh, the thing about them right now is that they don't have Wiseman or Draymond right now. And once they get those two back, I think they're going to be deadly. I think Curry's on one right now. Uh, he's playing like an MVP. Clay Thompson is looking like him old self. Uh, like what you said, Jose, Phoenix doesn't have Chris Paul right now. And I think they're going to slip in the standings. And I think Golden State is going to get that number one spot. Um, in terms of the East, um, I, I still like the freak. I, I think he's, I think I think the fact that he won last year and he has he knows what it takes to win. I think they're going to be deadly. Um, I think it's going to be them and the 76ers, possibly in the Eastern Conference Finals. Uh, but in terms of who I think is going to win, I, I'm putting my money on Golden State right now. 
Yeah, personally, um, I I do like Phoenix. I think that, you know, Booker and Aiton, they can still get together. And, you know, we still have to determine the health of uh, CP3. Um, so, you know, if, if, I, if, if we get a healthy Phoenix, I definitely think that they're the favorite to win it all. Um, but, I mean, there's other teams out there that, you know, I think pose an immediate threat. I mean, we mentioned John Morant, I think. The Grizzlies are one of those teams. They have an MVP caliber on that team. They can definitely um, drag it out to a seven-game series for Phoenix or any other team. Um, out east, I, I like um, I like two teams. I like Miami and Chicago. Um, based off of the last meeting, uh, Miami took it, and I give the slight edge to the Heat. I think that, you know, I think they're getting things going, but Miami is one of those teams where, the bubble, they were a hot team, right? But after the bubble, the next season, they just came out flat. So I think they're still capable of coming out flat. Um, but out east, I think it's Miami. And out west, I'm still going with Phoenix. And a team we didn't talk about, Memphis. Let's not forget about Memphis. John Morant, like, you know, the, the three seed right now, they're hot too. I think they're still too young. Um, but I've learned I've learned to not never count out John Moran any fight. So, you know, I get until they're until they they lose four games in a series in the playoffs, you can't count them out either. And now moving on from the NBA to the lockout. Boy, you know, baseball really wants to make sure they don't have any fans anymore, don't they? I mean, they're already known as the boomer sport, you know, the baby boomers, they're the big fans, you know, they're getting older, they're hitting their 60s and 70s. Like there's a clear disconnect with the younger uh, um, fan base. That's, I mean, they, you know, like the last season that I remember from the, the baseball that was fun was the 60 game season, the shortened season with eight teams in the playoffs. That was fun. And the fact that they can't understand that they did something fun then and they can't replicate it now and they're arguing over all this other stupid stuff. Like, do you guys just feel like baseball's headed for like their their further like demise? Like, yeah, I is mean, there any hope? To me, they're always shooting themselves in the foot. I mean, based off of last year, you have the, you know, you had Otani being the dude, right? Everyone was talking about him. And you had Tatis out in San Diego. And I thought they had a current crop of young players that you could market and people were willing to see. When you get this lockout in and if you've already canceled the first two series, you're looking like, you know, you're going to be canceling more. You you negate any momentum that you had as a league. And I mean, you're already the fourth or fifth most watched sports, sporting, uh, you know, event in America. And it's just not going to happen at this point. Yeah. It, it, it's sad because this game has, um, it's deteriorated and let's face it. Right. I mean, if you look at the, the world series ratings, uh, let's, let's take to uh, 2020, uh, the, the world series rating, uh, was at 9.75 million. Right. And if you go back to 1978, it was at 44 million. So, so what is that telling you? It's telling you that the game isn't relevant anymore. 
you have a lot of guys in baseball um, who are stars, like what Brad was saying, Otani, Tatis, that are marketable, but they're not marketing them. And that's the problem. Instead of bullshitting and, and, and wanting more money, you know, the, the owners and, and Major League Baseball should figure out how can we market these players so that they can make more money. It's so dumb because if you look at the NFL, you know, you look at the top guys, you know, Baker Mayfield is making a lot of money. Pat Mahomes, you see all these guys that are being marketed. Same thing with they the NBA, LeBron James. Yeah. yeah. And, but baseball doesn't have that. And it sucks. Where's because, Mike Trout? Like, yeah, you never right. see him anywhere. No. And, and he, Mike Trout was the best player in the league and nobody knows him. Like, how sad is that? Your best player, nobody knows except for the people in Anaheim, right? So my thing with baseball is, you, you know what? You're seeing millionaires versus billionaires fighting over money. Come on, like. Like this game is done, you know, will I watch it if, it, if it's on TV? Probably not. But if the world series is on, sure. You know, will I go to the, will I go to a Padres game because I'm bored? Sure. But I'm not going to go out of my way to watch it. And, um, you know, it, it sucks because, you know, I grew up with major league. I grew up with all these movies, um, angels in the outfield that made me want to play yeah. baseball sandlot but now it's just it's just a sport that's that's dead and that I just don't want to be a part of anymore. Yeah, I don't think it's a coincidence that you don't see movies being made about baseball teams anymore. Like, you know, like um, the last one was Moneyball. And that wasn't about really uh, the team. That was more about the general manager and his system for how to run a team. So, like, you see sports movies made all the time. You never see them made about baseball anymore. It's not a coincidence like it's a dying sport because these owners are antiquated they're tone deaf the commissioner is tone deaf and you know the players they're fighting over the wrong things they should be fighting to have the 18 playoffs like that that's the type of stuff they should be fighting for like you know they should be fighting to not have to be locked under contract for like 10 years under team control before you can even be a free agent. Like all these arbitrary rules that have been there since, you know, the beginning of time, like that's what baseball needs to get rid of, but they're fighting over the tax of like the split of like, like the, the, the revenue split, like that's stupid shit. Like, you know, I'm sorry, but like, that's not a reason to be in a lockout. Like, I don't know. They like, I think, um, Joe, what's his name from ESPN, Passion or something like that. He he said it best. He said, you know, um, you replace the the top players with replacement players, the game is going to be hurt. You replace the 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 teams with replacement teams, they're going to be hurt. You you replace the owners with thirty new owners, the game might actually be better. Maybe the problem is these old antiquated owners. You know that they just don't understand what the modern younger fan wants and until they until they realize that it's going to keep being a dying sport and you know we're going to keep having this conversation every year until we don't because we don't care anymore and moving on to our last topic of the night ufc 272 uh trump lover boy number one versus trump lover boy number two uh what do you guys expect I expect a beatdown um, game Brad to really just kill uh, Colby in that, in that cage. I mean, 
Covington, he'll take a beating. Masvidal is going to give him one. I don't see him lasting, you know, three or four rounds. Yeah, the, the, there's a lot of bad blood between these guys. They used to train together at uh, American Top Team. Um, and then Colby got kicked out because um, of stupid shit. But this is a big fight for uh, Masvidal. This is a, this is a do or die fight for him because if he loses this fight, he's, he's pretty much done. I mean, this would be a, th- a three fight losing streak for him. Um, but honestly with this fight, I see Colby winning. I, I think the wrestling, I, I, I think the wrestling is going to be the X factor. Masvidal is um, uh, the better striker, but Colby is the better grappler. And in this case, I, I see Colby taking advantage of that and, and um, beating Masvidal, you know, I love Masvidal. He's one of my favorite fighters, but I think, uh, I think this is his time in terms of uh, to hit that, uh, to hit that, uh, hit that cliff. So I have Colby winning in this one. I think the biggest winner of the night is Trump. Honestly, I think it's going to be the fans. I think this is going to be fireworks in that cage. Um, just that that type of you know hatred towards one another i think i hope that they stand stand up and just punish each other um that's honestly what i'm looking for so will these Um, two main event wrestlemania next year i mean i think we get them in the bare knuckle oh that'd be nice yeah i mean it depends on how on how much they still hate each other. Um, you put Vince McMahon behind it? Oh, he'll get you a 12-month storyline in it in there. Just imagine the fireworks. Possibly. Possibly. We'll have to wait and see. Anything else on your guys' minds before we, we wrap this up today? No, honestly. Just waiting for the combine to be over, draft season. And yeah, fantasy football. Yeah, I miss it so much. I'm ready to repeat. (laughs) Wow. Okay, champ. (laughs) Yeah. The champ is here. Way to rub it in, Jose. Way to rub it in. Um, Hey, until next season, if I don't win, then, you know, then my my trash talk ends. But at least for the next six months until the first ball snaps, I have some bragging rights. There you go. All right, but that's it, guys. Until the next one, it's the fifth down. Peace.